Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another week here on Loon Talk. I'm Jonathan Harrison, joined alongside by Dan Terrar. Dan, how are you doing today, sir? Very good, thank you. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy soon-to-be thunderstorms rolling in. I don't know about your neck of the woods, but my neck of the woods, it's sure getting stormy looking out over here. It is. I have a I have a dog who uh, does not like thunder, <laughs> and he's already come down here to let me know that he's not happy. So, And then he ran back upstairs. He's probably under a bed somewhere. So. Oh, poor, poor guy. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I love some thunderstorms. But moving on into the podcast tonight. Once again, you are listening to Loon Talk. You can mm-hmm. find us wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, do give us a rating, a review, and subscription. It does help us get found. You can also go watch us over on Score North's YouTube channel as well. Uh, Dan, reviewing today the last match the United played, which was Saturday's 1-0 loss at Seattle. Kind of a disappointing game. Kind of a blah game if we're going to really dive into it. The, even in the post-match show for us that we had on Score North, it didn't really feel like there was a whole lot to discuss from this one, just because it felt. I don't. I don't know how it. I don't know how, really how to describe it. it the w- best way I can think of it is, it felt like a run-of-the-mill game. Unfortunately. Yeah, there wasn't. Um, there wasn't a lot of uh, skill on display, you know. And and I kept. And I know what you're talking about because I kept thinking, how many more times can I say that? Ooh, they yeah. played hard. Ooh, there was a good effort. Ooh, they, you know. But. At the end of the day, there just there wasn't uh, there wasn't enough you know high skilled plays, enough good passes. It was just uh, yeah, it was it was probably here, here's the way I describe it. It's probably what I don't think the MLS is like every week <laughs> because MLS doesn't get the respect it deserves around the country, around the world, the world of soccer. And I think that if somebody watched it, they'd probably say, "Oh yeah." That's your American professional yeah. soccer. Yuck. So, yeah. so yeah, it was. It, but we don't have matches like that very often anymore. No, uh, there used no. to be more like that, where it's like, "Wow, those guys are sure working hard." Well, I always <laughs> when I hear someone say that, I think, okay, that means they're not really all that good. They're just trying hard. You know, it's, it's like, like watching a high school a nice, game. It's like saying someone has a nice personality. Yeah, you yeah. know what it means. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh, watching boy, a high school working hard. Well, like, I don't know the last time you watched a high school soccer game. Most of them feel like that. Yeah. Because the team that works the hardest is probably going to win because there isn't a ton of skill out there. Right. You got a player or two that are skilled. So it was just kind of an odd game. And, um, you know, it's too bad because we had such high hopes of, you know, even scoring a goal maybe. <laughs> dreams. We, were, we, were we had dreams. Left. We went into the international break with tons of hope on scoring goals and our starting striker scoring goals again. And, well, that went away. 66 minutes in, Audrey Nunu mustered only six, uh, only two shots, none of them on target. Uh, we'll get to the attack in a little bit. There's there's a lot of questions coming out of this one um, that I might have. Starting with the defense, <laughs> it was the shakiest defensive performance since probably the 4-0 loss at Seattle. I mean, the first yeah. half, it was riddled with uh, Seattle putting in long balls and Will Bruin really... Uh, running in between the two center backs, Michael Boxel and Bakai Debassi, and finding a ton of space and finding a lot of areas in between those two and causing a lot of uh, dangerous moments for the Minnesota defense. But yeah. They shorted up, but for the most part, yeah. it's a shaky defense. 
Yeah, and, and it was so uncharacteristic of this defense. The things that this defense has struggled with um, usually has not been long through balls between Debassi and Boxel because you just go, okay, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, but, and then when it happens and it's Will Bruin, you go, what the hell is going on? And, and I remember looking at you about the third time that happened is like, we can't, we don't have an answer for Will Bruin in the middle. <laughs> and I know you looked at me like, what the hell's going on? It's been so a long that was time really since odd. Has, it's been a long time since defenses has, have struggled with Will Bruin. So, yeah. Anybody's defense. So, uh, nothing against deep. Will Bruin. He seems like a really good guy, but he doesn't have that kind of speed where you'd go, yeah. you know, well, you better give him a few steps. He's coming, you know. <laughs> so, that was weird. And just the fact that the defense struggled in any way hasn't been normal lately. Uh, Tyler Miller remained sharp. I thought he made, you know, two or three saves that, you know, and that thing could have been three nil at halftime, really. Absolutely, easily. He had, he had the double save in the twelfth minute that was just outstanding. That didn't give him a whole lot of time to get back on his feet after the first one, but he's he's back on his feet, making another save, another big save. And as you said, it could have been three four nil at halftime, but thanks to him, he had four saves on the night. Was the man of the match? Uh, Adrian Heath didn't think so because he thought he wasn't busy enough, but made four saves on the night. It seems pretty busy to me. Um, but yeah, it's. Tyler Miller was outstanding and just proved once again how good of a goalkeeper he is and continues to prove or make everyone wonder why LAFC traded him away two years ago. Yeah, I don't get that either. You know, he's he's one of those guys that's a, a, a very calm, kind of a flat liner, doesn't get too excited, doesn't get too, uh, you know, down on himself, doesn't get... Well, except but, when he got worked up this weekend. Yeah, he did when he... Uh, well, again, there's one of those things where... Nobody saw it, apparently, but someone interfered with him making a throw, and he tried to embellish it and draw a penalty. He couldn't get anything out of it, so whatever. Um, but, yeah, he, he seems like the perfect L.A. kind of goalie. He talks about being a rock in the bottom of a stream and watching everything go around. You know, I mean, he, he actually sounds more L.A. than Minnesota. So <laughs> I'm not sure what they didn't like about him, um, but I like him, and, and I, I just think right. I hope that, you know, I don't know what's going to happen down the road. That's one of the big – that'll be one of the big off-season talkers is can you keep uh, Dane St. Clair and Tyler Miller? I mean, we talked about it for most of the first half of the season when yeah. when, uh, Tyler, when we started the season, Dane St. Clair was getting the starts. Now they lost those four games. Not entirely Dane's fault, but since Tyler started uh, as the number one keeper for this team – They've been pretty decent, and so it made you question how long could you keep Tyler Miller right. with the the promise that Dane St. Clair might actually turn out to be a really good keeper considering what he did last season. And since, yeah. since the transfer window closed, we haven't obviously talked about it, but that's definitely going to be something to ponder during the offseason is what you do with Tyler Miller, keeper, because I think you still have another year or two left on his deal, so... Hey, put that uh, put that in the notes for us to talk about at the end of the season because that could be a good conversation. You could even have a guest in for that one because, I mean, on the surface, we got, if we could keep both of them one more year, that'd be fabulous because it seems that Dane's going to be gone for international play with Canada every opportunity, right? I don't yep. see that changing, do you? No, no. Probably not. He's going to continue rising up the the ranks as the Canadian one of the Canadian keepers to watch. I mean, yeah, he's going to be gone every break. And so we know so this you, league doesn't stop for international windows. No, and you got to have a good backup goalie. Yeah. I don't think Fred's ready yet. So <laughs> not at seventeen years old. I mean, I don't think so. Got to get him minutes somewhere, but it's not. How many injuries? Level. How many injuries would it take for a Tyler Miller to be one of the three with Team USA? 
No. The three? Mm, no, because they'd probably go... I mean, I know they'd go Sean Johnson from New York City FC. They'd probably call Brad Guzan back in. So You think so? He's like him. my age. Yeah, they'd still call him back in. Because <laughs> he's a good locker room guy. All right. Yeah, they, they'd so want him for his veteran. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think Tyler Miller's a ways down that depth chart. I don't think all right. he should be. I think he I should think be, should be higher up. Anyway, all right. So I sorry, I took us way off track. Hope we can no, get done fine. within two hours. <laughs> uh, the uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, the tack had their moments, but once again, finishing was the issue. I don't know how many how much longer we can keep saying that that they create dangerous chances, but they just can't score the ball. They, We've literally been saying that all season long. They had 18 total shots, but only four on target. As I mentioned, Audrey Nunu had two shots on the night, none on target. Franco Fragapani made his return, so he thought the attack would have looked a little bit more dangerous, but he was rusty. Supposedly, we're going to get Robin Lode and Emmanuel Reynoso back on Wednesday against Sporting Kansas City, so maybe the attack is going to start clicking in, but we've, <laughs> like I said, we've literally been know. saying that all I, season long, and I can't say it anymore. I, I, I'm, at, I'm to the same point. I just, you know what? If this team figures out a way to score goals, two or more a match consistently, it's going to be amazing. And with this defense, they're going to be so tough to beat. But at this yeah. point, I just don't have much hope that that's going to change because. Yeah, show me. Yeah, it's, it's at a point now where give me a reason to think this is going to happen. And, you know, yeah. obviously, uh, Reynoso back makes a difference clearly. Um, yeah. because the midfield, the, of the field, and yeah, the midfield got just eaten them. alive. Yeah, yeah. This got eaten alive. Um, so, you know, we're still missing some guys back there. Ozzy will be out. So, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm sliding into a preview of uh sporting Kansas city because I got nothing else to say about Seattle. <laughs> we'll get to there in a little bit. Yeah. The midfield was just not almost non-existent, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, you looked at, you look at some of the graphics on where Minnesota was attacking, and it was mainly on the wings. There was very little ball movement through yeah. just the middle of the field. And so, yeah, they they specifically avoided the middle of the field because Seattle was just dominating the middle of the field throughout the throughout the entirety of the match. Anytime yeah. Minnesota would look for the ball, or Seattle was right on the player who was going to receive the ball before they could even receive it. Minnesota just weren't getting to the ball quick enough in the middle of the field. Yeah, and they they uh, they allowed us to go wide to chase Gasper's side, and it seems as though that was probably their plan. And Chase, you know, Chase did his, everything Chase can do within his skill sets to try and create some offense from from that left side, but it just didn't work. And and they didn't give Roman Metinier near as much room um, because he's a much bigger threat offensively than Chase is. And it, there was just something missing in the middle, and it, it's it's number ten. A number 10, our number 10, Absolutely. you know, and if he's back and loads back, that obviously changes a lot as far as things go. So, um, you know, but again, you know, if you're going to score goals, man. It's a good time to get going because you want to get, I mean, at this point after losing to Seattle, I don't, I think the talk about winning the West is out, but you know, you yeah. still can talk about trying to fight your way into that fourth spot for a home spot in the playoffs. And, and that's huge. I mean, if you can get at least one in at home before you got to go on the road, you can know, you that's, that's game here in November and bring one of the, like the West coast teams or the Southern teams up here in November. Good luck to those teams. Yeah, no, I like it. That's why yeah, that's gotta be your focus now. I believe so. All right. So that's enough of Minnesota and Seattle. I did not prepare you for this next part. Uh Oh, so do you have the schedule in front of you? The the loon schedule? Yes. If not, I can have it, it in 
I can have it shortly. Wait, Hold I might have one. We are going to now predict the rest of the schedule. There's 12 games left, so it's not a whole lot of games that we have to predict. Predict every one? Yes. We're going to predict every one. It's only 12 Holy shnikes. Again, we have people predicting all 17 Minnesota Vikings games, which I don't like 17 games in an NFL season. It's bothering me, but we'll get past that. Yeah, well. Listen, buddy, I'm old enough to remember when they played 14, so and it bothered me when they went to 16. So, fair enough. I know. I guess I know how you feel is what I'm saying. All right, I got a schedule here. If I can read right. it, I might need my cheaters. Right, here <laughs> so, we go. We're gonna predict the schedule for the rest of the season. We're just doing win loss draw. Win loss draw. No score no scores or anything. We're just win loss draw, and we're gonna see where we're at. So right now, Minnesota. Uh, if I can pull up the standings here, give me one second. Do 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 do. Making up music. They are do 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 do. Eight seven and seven on the season. So how are Minnesota going to fare after we're both done with the schedule? So first up for Minnesota. Next up, we'll preview this match here in a little bit. Sporting Kansas City at Sporting Kansas City this Wednesday. Dan, what are you thinking? Draw. Draw. Draw at Sporting Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't. I can't imagine a win there. So. We'll both go draw at Kansas City. Next up after that, this Saturday, hosting the L.A. Galaxy. Dan? Uh, Saturday at home against the L.A. Galaxy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they win that one. Same. I'm with you right there. So right now we both have them even a draw and a win uh, over the next two games for Minnesota United. Next up after that, another hosting duty. They get a week off, but they'll be hosting the Houston Dynamo. This one seems like an easy pick here. Yeah, win. Win. Win against the Dynamo. Just writing this all down. All right. So, I, yeah, I have them as a win, too. Houston are near the bottom of the Western Conference. They climbed just outside of that wooden spoon location this week with a 3-0 win at Austin. So congratulations to them getting their first win in, I think, 18 games. Um, so, yeah, they climbed out. Next up after that, another week off. They will, I think, no, not a week off. I think they have a weekend or a Wednesday game at D.C. United. So going to the nation's capital. What do you have there, Dan? You know, when they play, when you cross over into the East, it's so hard to know because we, you know, rarely get to see what they look like and who they, they are. But Eastern Conference team in regular season play in two years. I mean, we played the East last year in the MLS's back tournament. That was in a, in a neutral site. Yeah. yeah. So I am um, conference team in a while. I have a better feeling about that than I probably should, so I'm going to say they win that one. Okay, you're going with a win at DC. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but I have a better feeling about that one than some of the other road games. Okay, so I'm going with a draw there. I'm not. Okay. I'm a little shaky on this team on the road. I mean, they yes. won twice on the road this season, so show me what you can do with a couple road games. Um, so I'm going to go Oh, draw at DC. DC have been surprisingly good this year under their new head coach. And, you know, it's it's a team that has a former loon striker who probably wants to get some some semblance of revenge, and you know what? It's probably going to happen because that's how it goes in Minnesota sports. Yeah, man, well, as long as they don't expect him to run more than 10 yards, <laughs> he, might, he, might buy, he might hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> might pull up cramping if he runs more than that. Uh, then after that, they return home, that, or then they go down to Dallas to play FC Dallas. Yeah, they've got a stretch of uh, road matches. Um, I don't think they're going to win back-to-back road matches, um, so I would have to go with the loss at Dallas. Whoa, loss at FC Dallas. Yep. That's surprising. I have them as a draw. I don't think they'll lose against Dallas 
just because Dallas are bad and they've had at least some semblance of good run against Dallas lately. I don't imagine. I mean, Ricardo Pepe's just absolutely on fire. 11 goals on the season. He's third in the league in scoring at 18 years old. So and he scored a bunch for the U.S. men's national team. We'll come up. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But yeah, he's just on fire. I don't imagine Minnesota will get the win, but I don't think they'll lose against Dallas. So next up after that, they host Colorado. They've gone out to Colorado twice this season. Um, one loss there. I can't remember what the other one was. That one lost as well. Yeah, two losses, two disappointing losses for very different reasons. So Minnesota hosting Colorado. Uh, I would I'd put that in the win column. You got them a win versus Colorado, win. second place team in yep. the league or in the Western I, Conference. I, when we get to that point, they won't be the second place team in the Western Conference. You keep saying this, but all they keep doing yeah, is they're not that good. Either win or drawing. No, nope. I think they're dispro- they're they're clearly listening to us because they only keep winning and drawing and doing it yeah, in a spectacular well. fashion. <laughs> no, I don't think they. I don't think they're. I think they're, I think they're gonna. They'll, they'll probably hang on to a playoff spot, but that's about it. I think Colorado's better than you think they are. I'm going with a draw that with that one. It'll be a disappointing home draw. So they'll have gotten just one point against Colorado this season because um, Colorado, I think, are pretty dang good. They still don't have a striker, but their midfield and defense is spectacular this season. Um, after the Colorado match, winding down the stretch, they will hope they'll go down to Austin for the first time this season, I believe. I think they've hosted them twice. So, have they yeah. been here? Yeah, they have. They've been here twice. Um, they've proven to be kind of tough at uh, at home. Mm-hmm. You know, for an expansion team, I'm going to say they draw that one. Okay, they are the bottom team in the Western Conference. Yep. They just are not that good right now. I think Minnesota will go down to Austin and get a win. So you have them as a draw. I have yep. them as a win. Yeah, I just don't have much faith in this team on the road right now. All right. Another probably one of their tougher matches down the stretch here uh, at or they will host the Philadelphia Union after that Austin match. <sighs> yeah, at home, uh, obviously, then they have a better chance of getting the win. And at this point, with what we're we're down to about five five matches left, mm-hmm. they're going to be at a point where they're re- there's going to be a lot of pressure on to win. I think they're going to play well enough at home to get a win over Philly. You are going with a win against Philly. I'm going the exact opposite. Philadelphia are really good. They're in a really tough uh, Eastern Conference. They've proven to be pretty good this season. I think, unfortunately, I mean, I don't want to be super homer, and I haven't had them drawn up for a loss yet, so I think this is where they're going to lose. Um, okay. They'll lose against Philadelphia, unfortunately. Right. Um, but I just – Philadelphia is a really good team, a really well-organized team. Jim Curtin's a really good coach there, so I – I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota win, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they lose that one as well. Next up after right. that, just three days after that, they will host LAFC for... Win. You have them as a win against LAFC. <laughs> I think that one's a win, too. You want to bounce... For me, it's you want to bounce back again, or after that at Philadelphia loss at home. Now you're hosting LAFC, so you have them as a win. Yeah, and I've got them a win because that's the, what, second to the last home match, and yeah. at this point, I would guess that they will be... Somewhere around fifth place, still maybe with a shot at home field advantage at this point. So to me, that's a must-win game at home, and I think they'll come through. Fair enough. I have them as a win because I just don't believe in LAFC, and I think as well, the season uh, goes on, they're going to continue to struggle, continue yeah. to be out of the playoff race. And some of those guys, like the top end of their talent that's still there, they're probably just going to give up on the season. Bob Bradley looks like he's looking at different locations for 
where he's going to be coaching next. So I don't know. I, I think LAFC are just going to struggle down the stretch. So Bob Bradley's on Zillow a lot lately. So <laughs> looking at the Toronto housing market, what's the housing market like in Toronto? <laughs> After that, three games left in the season, they will head out to Vancouver for the first time in what it seemed like two years. Probably has been, hasn't it? Yeah, I think probably been more than that. Yeah, more than that. Um. It's a tough one. You know, you're down the stretch. Vancouver is not a great team, but you make that trip to the West Coast. It's always difficult. I'm going to go draw just because I I don't feel confident enough that they're going to win that one on the road. Um, I don't know that they're, you know, their road wins are limited, obviously, and I just don't think that's one of them. I'll go with a draw. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of going with a draw there, too. Since they got rid of Mark Dos Santos, I mean, even before that, they were on a 10-match unbeaten run into the Portland game this last weekend until they lost. And they're a resilient team. They're kind of like Minnesota. Just they're really hard to break down, but they have struggled uh, under Mark Dos Santos. But then they got rid of him, and so now it's interim management. All those players are playing, trying to prove themselves for whoever's going to be the next coach. So they're they're a slightly motivated team to try and show that they deserve a sure. spot on that roster. So I sure. think it's going to be a draw out of Vancouver just because it's a tough road match. Just four days after you play LAFC and you host Philadelphia seven days before that, so it's a tough stretch. Yeah. Then you have Sporting Kansas City Halloween night, or Halloween afternoon. Spooky. Sporting Kansas City. What do you uh, last home match of the season, and I think there's a good chance that it's the last home match for the year because I don't, you know, not that confident they're going to make the top four. So I say they go out with a win at home against Kansas City. I'm with you there. Second to last match of the season. I, th- I don't know what Sporting Kansas City schedule is, but I think they have a home game after that. Uh, they'll be looking ahead to get that last win of the season at home. Um, I'm going to guess that Minnesota wins against Sporting Kansas City in the last home game of the season. And then finally, they go out to close the season out to L.A. to take on the L.A. Galaxy. Big, old big L. L. Big L. I have, I have a big L against L.A. Galaxy. Hopefully it doesn't mean anything because hopefully they have a playoff spot locked up by then. But, yeah, going out to the Galaxy who have proven everybody wrong so far this season. I don't see them dropping out of the playoff spots in the Western Conference. They just continue to show that Greg Vanny's too good of a coach. I would yeah. go with a loss there to end the season. Yeah, Minnesota doesn't play that great on the West Coast. And they, they you're going to have to – hey, at the end of the day, if you're going to beat the Galaxy in L.A., you're – Probably got to score at least three goals, right? Right. So, so rounding, good luck. <laughs> rounding this out, you gave them seven wins down the last 12 matches. I gave them five wins, if I'm doing from What? Yeah, I, I gave them five wins. Oh, you had more draws than I did. Okay. I gave them five draws, and then, was that two losses? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you gave them seven wins, two losses, and what's that? Three, two draws? Something like that? Yeah. Whatever, yeah. three draws. But yeah, so that's where we end the season. So I think that gets them. I think either one of those gets them into the playoffs. I don't know about a home playoff game, but I think predicting the rest of the schedule, I think with with how it's stacked up, I think they get to the playoffs. I'm not too confident they I do get a too. home playoff game. I would no. like to see them get a home playoff game, but with that loss against Seattle on Saturday, that really hurt their chances. Yeah, they did, and I think for this point, uh, again, Unless something miraculously changes and they start scoring two, three goals a match, I don't think they can produce enough points on their own to um, 
get home field and get in the top four. Uh, I think if they do make it at this point, it'll be because team the team that's at four right now or teams that are three and four just really struggle. And I, I told you, I think Colorado might be one of those teams that does that. But, um, you know, as we get – as the uh, number of games remaining gets smaller and smaller, the chances of that happening get smaller and smaller too. So um, they're going to need some help, I think, at this point uh, f- for them to get into the uh, top four. Yeah, you're looking at a six-point gap between you and the Galaxy. Yep. So, And this is coming from the guy who was pretty optimistic and who tried to make the case a couple weeks ago that they could climb, they could still fight for the number one position. But the Seattle loss absolutely burned that chance because they're yep. just so far out of it now. You have to have so much go your way. It's kind of t- been taken out of your hands at this point. Um, absolutely. Yeah, six-point gap between you and the Galaxy. You could make it up this weekend, uh, this upcoming weekend, but before that you have to host Sporting Kansas City, which is your next opponent. Sporting Kansas City this Wednesday in two days' time from when we're recording, and then you host the LA Galaxy on Saturday. Dan, preview those two games for us quickly. Well, Sporting Kansas City is always, you know, it's one of those when you you look at and go, it doesn't really matter where they are in the standings. They always seem to play each other pretty well. Um, In Kansas City, it's tough for Minnesota to win there. I, I think that, I think, did we both pick that as a draw? I think so. Yeah, I think we yeah, did. We yeah, it is draw. I mean, Kansas and, and, City, they haven't. They've only won once in once at home in their last five home matches. So, but here's the problem: is is our picks for a draw are probably because we don't want to pick. Minnesota to lose because Kansas City just isn't playing that great right now. But right. it's hard to pick Minnesota to win very often on the road because they're not scoring any goals. Yeah, they so they don't present it, any threat. No in the attack. So it's hard to no. hard to predict them to win on the road because you need if you're going to win on the road, you have to at least pose some kind of attack, and they don't. They haven't really done that this season. Right. So uh, this is a match where I look at going. I don't see any reason why this doesn't end up being. You know, two goals will definitely win it. One goal might get you a draw or a win. I mean, it's I just don't see much changing. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope things change. But yeah, I, this is this is just the way it feels right now for this club. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm with you. I mean, the defense always reliable. I mean, they as we mentioned earlier, they had their shakiest performance um, on Saturday since probably their last time they went out to Seattle. But other than the two Seattle matches out in Seattle, they've been pretty pretty stellar this season. Yeah. On defense, so you don't really fear that the other team's going to get the best of you on that side of the field. So it's just the other side of the field for you, whether you can score goals and be a threat. And they right. just haven't proven that this season until until they show us otherwise. It's really hard to believe that they can. So, yeah. And L- yeah. L.A. And, and so and then you look at L.A. coming in and, and you're going, well, you know, this is one where you're going to have to play amazing – you know, on defense, you're going to have, cause they're, they've got some guys that can score goals, obviously. Yeah. And so that's yeah, one where, so. yeah, right. So you're going to have to play spectacular defense. And, you know, I, I've thought about that. I thought someone like LA Galaxy, a team that I think plays a pretty, how would you put it? Pretty clean, pretty efficient version of, of, soccer right mm-hmm. i mean they're they're yeah. they're well coached their formations are sharp they they play the way you know you should I, I imagine them watching the film between seattle and minnesota and going what the hell are we watching yeah this is brutal you know if, if chicharito watches that film he's like wait there's space in between michael boxel and bakai debasi well yeah and, gonna pounce all over that 
Well, yeah, I mean, they got to be going, man, these guys can't stop the the long, the 40-yard through ball to Will Bruin. How are they going to stop me? So, and, and, you know, that was a little bit of, I think, an anomaly. That's not Absolutely. probably going to happen again this year. But I'm just saying, you know, what the way Seattle and Minnesota played last Saturday is kind of the anti-LA Galaxy game style. You know, it's just nothing to do with it. And I think they can't you know, can't muck it up like that with the Galaxy, and I think they'll they'll be on the short end of it. But, again, the defense, the goaltending will keep it, you know, keep it close and give them a chance at the end of the day. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's pretty much the thing to go in. That's the the one thing you know going into every game is that defense defense and goalkeeping is going to keep you in, keep this team into every yeah. game. It's just you got to rely on the attack to show up every once in a while, and you hope they can do that against two teams that are pretty solid this year. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be those are going to be two very interesting games to watch at Sporting Kansas City this Wednesday. Uh, pre-match show at 7 p.m. Kickoff at 7:30 p.m. on Score North on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com. This coming Saturday, they will host the Galaxy. We'll be out at Allianz Field for that one. 6:30 p.m. pre-match show, 7 p.m. kickoff. That one also on Score North on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com. To be your best every day. You need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. That has been our review and a preview. Now, Dan, let's move into look across the league. But first, just want to remind you, you're listening to Loon Talk. Go give us a rating and a review and a subscription anywhere you find your podcasts. And go watch us if you want over on Scornhorse YouTube channel. Dan, quickly in look across the league. Last week, we spent a lot of time talking about the U.S. men's national team mm-hmm. that was, I think, a day or two ahead of their game against Honduras that would have raised <clears> up their first three matches in U.S. Uh, in World Cup qualifying play. And we were very negative, rightfully <laughs> so. They hadn't played well. They had played like crap right. in two draws. But that continued on, unfortunately, in the first half. But the first, the second half was much different for, for the U.S. men's national team in Honduras as they get a 4-1 win and it was the Ricardo Pepe show in the second half as he is a part of all four goals on the U.S.'s way to a comeback 4-1 win in Honduras. And that's a very difficult place to uh, to play. Yeah, uh, Not a lot of visiting teams win in Honduras. I don't remember. Do you remember, did they say what, what the attendance was? It was a huge number. I can't remember for the. But one of the was, one of the weird things game. was that they open up the stadium and let people in. No, that was a day and a half. 
That was El Salvador. Oh, that was El Salvador where they yeah. let him in like a, yeah. 36 hours before the match? <laughs> I, I heard that and I went, like you've got to be kidding the match, me. 10 hours before the match, they let him in. But yeah, it was insane. You've got to be kidding me. Could you like, imagine sitting at a stadium 10 hours before the match starts? Because you know the players, there's basically no team personnel around other than like no. maybe a groundskeeper or two. It's a free-for-all. You can't, even, you can't even get into a high school game here No, 10 hours before the game starts. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, yeah, the second half they played like we had hoped they would play. If they'd played that way, uh, they probably would have won all three. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so hopefully, you know, you know, Ricardo Pepe is is amazing and he's young and you know seems like the type of guy you can start building a team around. And but do you uh, do def- that at eighteen with the U.S. Men's National Team? Do you trust well, an eighteen-year-old to be your number one striker. I know if he if he's if he's good enough, he's old enough. Yeah. But, I mean, eighteen years old is pretty young to tell him, "Hey, bud." You're going to be the starting striker for the U.S. in really tough <laughs> World Cup qualifying games. Good luck, son. I, mean, I would I, – I, you know, the way I look at it is from where they are right now, I don't even know. Do you know who they play next? Do you, have you seen the schedule uh, for the next round? I think it's Jamaica. I'll have to look at I, I, in my opinion, I would say – because it's easy for me because my job's not riding on it. But I would say <laughs> give him the start in the next World Cup qualifier. Yeah, you can always sell him out. Yeah, they host Jamaica, then they go down to Panama, and then they close out the second round of games uh, against Costa Rica. So it's two home games in the next batch of games. So, yeah, give, give, against Jamaica, give the kid a chance. A chance. Yeah. yeah. Give the kid a I mean, chance Jesse, to uh, to be a superstar. Jesse Zardes is going to be back and healthy by that time. And we know Greg Berhalter loves trusting Jesse Zardes uh, as the striker for this team because he, he had him in Columbus and did wonders with him there. So... I'd imagine Zardes is going to get a call up to the U.S. Men's National Team for those batch of games, and it's going to be a lot of U.S. Men's National Team fans who are going to be pulling their hair out because they're not fans of Giassi Zardes. Because he just, <laughs> for them, he doesn't score enough goals, but he does what's necessary and helps the team um, be dangerous in attack. So I'd imagine against Jamaica, you either start Zardes or Pepe, and then you go from there. But it's a home game against Jamaica, so I, I with how poor Jamaica looks on the road, I would go with Pepe. I would too. I give this kid a chance to, you know, hey, how are you ever going to know if an 18-year-old can handle it unless you let him play? And the Maybe he's Jamaica match is it, it it's in Texas. It's Oh, it, it is. It's at it's all it's at yeah. Austin. So it's yeah. right in the state where he plays all the time, so it's not a very far trip for him. Seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah, give him a shot because worst thing is maybe the moment's a little big for him. He struggles. You sub him out. Right. You sub him out at halftime or in you know sixtieth minute. But maybe the kid just thrives on this. And sometimes you know when players are too young to know better, yeah. they just go out and do amazing things because they don't know they're supposed to be scared to death. They don't know they're supposed right. to be nervous. Absolutely. They don't know that this is supposed to be the most pressure packed game of their life. They're eighteen. <laughs> they don't give a crap. They just go out and play. So give yeah, yeah give him a chance. Absolutely. Moving on to MLS from this weekend. Uh, the Western Conference started off Friday night. Portland stopped Vancouver's impressive unbeaten run with a 1-0 win in Vancouver. Now, due to the result against Seattle, Portland stays above the Loons in the standings. Other Western Conference scores, Colorado and the Los Angeles Galaxy draw 1-1. FC Dallas got a goal from Ricardo Pepe as he returned from U.S. Men's National Team action, scored his 11th goal of the season in a 1-1 draw against San Jose. Um, Those were a couple other results in the Western Conference quickly going to the Eastern Conference. Inter-Miami, 1-0 win against Columbus. Miami now within two points of the playoffs in the East after being one of the worst teams through the first three months of the season. What happened there? (laughs) 
Phil Neville apparently found a way to coach that team and get them scoring goals and winning games. So I didn't think they would uh, get anywhere near the playoffs. I thought they no. were destined to stay in the bottom couple spots. So absolutely crazy. Good for them. Yep. Uh, this one surprised me when I saw it, when I saw FC Cincinnati tweet this out. Cincinnati wins at home against Toronto 2-0. Not that impressive a win because Toronto sucked this year. It was Cincinnati's first win, first ever win at their new TQL Stadium, which opened up, and I believe in May. Really? They have never won at home yet. I didn't realize that. that. I did not realize that. Man. No, that's why. Like when I saw this, when I saw the graphic that they tweeted out, I'm like, wait, hold on, what? It's taken until September to get your first home win at that stadium. Which is really odd because in this league, it's you know, it's win at home or you're in trouble. You know, yeah. I mean, it's I just mean, since everybody's been in trouble since they came into the league. That's but. true. That's true. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it really it, shouldn't surprise us that much that it's taken them this long to get a win because they don't win a whole lot. But right, but usually that. at home, yeah, strange. New, uh, New England get a two-one win over New York City FC this weekend. It's their seventeenth win of the season. Wow. They move wow. fourteen points clear of second place in the Eastern Conference. Wow. That's that, that That's so unusual in the East or the West to have somebody that far out in front. Yeah. And it I just mean, doesn't happen. What does that tell you? Is New England is New England that powerful? Is the East just weak? A uh, little bit I of both, maybe? I think the top of the East is really good, but the top of the East has struggled this season other than New England. The bottom, yeah. the middle to the bottom of the East is significantly worse than the Western Conference. So they feast on a lot of, a lot of cheese teams out there. But yeah. They do have tough competition at the top, but that tough competition has struggled this season. I mean, Nashville, the team that's in second place this in the Eastern Conference, has 10 wins, 11 draws, and just two losses on the season. And they have two games in hand, so they could make it from 14 to, what, eight-point difference? But still, that's that's still incredible different or no, that point is, separation that's a lot. between first and second. Yep. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So Bruce Arena's got New England firing on all cylinders, and it it's a wonder that... It's amazing that they're that good um, so far into the season. Wrapping up the Western Conference action, Sporting Kansas City got a 2-0 win against the Chicago Fire. It was their first home win in five matches at home. And then LAFC against Real Salt Lake. Did you see the ridiculous own goal in this one? Did not see it. Real Salt Lake. So this game's tied 2-2. The defender, I don't remember who it was for Real Salt Lake, he passed it back to David Ochoa um, and... Apparently, there was no communication between the two. The ball slips past Ochoa because he wasn't expecting the ball to be passed back to him. And it go, and it just trickles into the back of his net. And it's just, and that's how LAFC win is they get an own goal that should never have happened um, because of a really bad back pass. Wow. Wow. So it's not like LAFC deserved a win because yeah. even up until that point, it's just they right. got lucky. <laughs> yeah. So with the loss, Minnesota United are now back in the picture of dropping out of the playoff spots. If you look at the standings, they are on, what is it? It's 31 points, and LAFC and Real Salt Lake sit on 30 points. Real Salt Lake is sitting in that seventh and final spot in the Western Conference. LAFC just outside of the Western Conference. So they're literally a point from being outside of the playoff spots. So it went from, what, two weeks ago? Or when we left that Houston match, they were well clear of it, it felt like. And it felt like you weren't going to drop back into those places. But now here we are, and any moment if they don't get a if they don't get a good enough result on on Wednesday, they could be outside of the playoff spots. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen. Absolutely. I mean, they've got a game in hand, so they could still get a little bit distance. But still, that's it's shocking how quickly things can turn around in the Western Conference. Yeah, when you don't score goals, 
Sometimes it it feels like you're, it feels like you're kind of, you know, smoking, smoking mirrors, you know, you're, you're somehow you're hanging in there and, 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 but yet at the same time, you're going, how are we hanging in there? We can't score goals, you know? Yeah. So yeah, could be interesting. All right. You ready for write that down? I am writing stuff down already. I'm really happy about this week and the results that happened this week because it went well for me and not well for you. So write that down if you haven't paid attention. Three soccer-related predictions. We will make three soccer-related predictions every week. At least one of them has to be Minnesota United-related. We'll keep track of the correct predictions throughout the year. We'll call them goals. And the winner with the most goals at the end of the season wins the coveted golden boot. We still have to get to figure out what the hell that is, but we'll figure that out later. Dan, time for an accountability <laughs> session. A lot coming off the board this week. Uh, let's get oh, man. Graphic. I had a couple things come off the board negatively. I said Minnesota will get the win this weekend and will move within two points of fourth place in the West. Well, neither of those things happened. I did say, rather brazenly, Cristiano Ronaldo will score a hat trick against Newcastle and all three goals will come within 30 minutes of each other. It almost happened. It came very close. He got his two goals, which I'm happy about. I, but he didn't. It didn't unfortunately happen. But he, hey, Manchester United got the win. Cristiano Ronaldo scored two goals, so congratulations to them and him. Uh, I did say, however, Pepe will score in at least one of the next three matches for the U.S. Men's National Team. Well, he scored in the Honduras game, so there's one for me. And I said U.S. will win in Honduras, so there's two for me. Dan, you had three things come off the board, and they were all three of your predictions from last week. You said Minnesota United and Seattle will tie. Well, Seattle won. You said U.S. Honduras will tie. The U.S. won. And then you also said Callum Williams will wear a blue tie for the broadcast this weekend. He, unfortunately for you, wore a red tie. There was no blue in it. Nope. Not a speck. Didn't see a speck. A red tie. I'm done. You know what? I'm not picking ties anymore. <laughs> that was a disaster. Our guests had one come off the board as Callum Williams said Cristiano Ronaldo will score at least two goals against Newcastle in his debut for Manchester United. Well, he scored two, oh, almost scored boy. three. So that means our standings, Dan, if you remember them from last week, have moved yeah. to a dead-even draw at the top. I've now scored, drawn even with you on 14 goals. The guests have three goals now on the season. They have the best correct prediction percentage because they don't have as many predictions as us. Um, but, yeah, 14 goals for each of us. I've caught up, Dan, and I still have some, off the, some to come up with. <sighs> Gonna have to change my strategy here in the stretch. <laughs> All right, so that's the accountability session. Let's get on with the predictions. I think I made Cal, and then you go first, so I'll go first. Do this it. Week. Write this down, Dan. Minnesota United will get at least four points in their next two games. So they'll either get a winner or a draw at Sporting Kansas City or a winner or a draw at Los Angeles or against the Galaxy. Write that down. So basically, you're saying that they'll get one win and they'll get a draw. They won't lose either one of them. Correct. They won't draw them both. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here just because of the way the defense is playing. I think – what did I predict that they were going to draw at Sporting Kansas City? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I still think they'll probably draw, but I do believe Minnesota will get a clean sheet, which means if they draw, it'll be a scoreless draw. Ooh, Um, those are fun. So, I know, well, can't be much worse than that Seattle mess. So, (laughs) yeah, Minnesota gets a clean sheet uh, against Sporting Kansas City. All right, write that down. Write this down. No team from Texas will make the playoffs this season in MLS, and none of them will come within five points of a playoff spot. Currently, the closest is Dallas, and they are five point or four points out of a playoff spot. I don't think 
any three of those teams will get close to a playoff spot this season. All right. No, you have no. Well, Dallas would be the one, and you obviously yeah. have no faith in them whatsoever. Nah, not really. They haven't proven so. it this year, so. All right. All right. Um, if Robin Lode returns and plays Wednesday night, he will score a goal for Minnesota. Okay. I, I think there's a chance he's back. Wednesday night, yeah. Okay. Okay. I think there's a chance he's back. So I think there's a good chance he's back, but we'll find out Wednesday. He returns. Right. Yeah. I like it because that's hopeful that they score. And yep. the more they score, the better for us because their defense is going to shut everything down. A final write-that-down prediction for me for the week. Uh, Manchester United-related one, Paul Pogba. He is running down his contract here. He's got a couple months left. He can sign with any team starting in January. But reports came out today that he, after this weekend especially, he's thinking of staying because this weekend was so much fun with Cristiano Ronaldo, the huge fan base at Old Trafford. (laughs) He liked the atmosphere. He likes the players that they're actually doing well. They actually have good recruitment. Paul Pogba, write this down, will sign a contract extension with Manchester United before January. Wow. Okay. As a fan of Paul Pogba and a fan of Manchester United, that would be a dream come true because when he's good, he's one of the best midfielders in the world. When he's not on for his day, he's just bang average. But when he is on, he is one of the best and almost unplayable. All right, I'm going for some points before even Wednesday hits. Oh? Tomorrow, Tuesday, three MLS matches. Okay. New York Red Bulls are at Columbus. Mm Mm-hmm. Dallas is at uh, NYFC. Okay. And Miami is at Toronto. Right. The home team will win all three of those. Okay. The only one I'm scared of is that Miami's been playing better lately, and I don't know that that Toronto Toronto can beat them. But I'm going to say all three home teams get wins. Okay, I like it because... That means Toronto has to pull off an upset, which is weird to say that Toronto has to pull off an upset against I know. Miami. Right. Toronto uh, was one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference last year, and they've been right. one of the best teams in the league. And Miami's been terrible years. up until yeah. about a, two weeks ago. So I like it. There you go. Balls a pick. All right. That has been Write That Down for this week, and that has been Loon Talk for this week. Dan, good stuff this week. We will talk to you on Wednesday. For Wednesday. Hopefully a, hopefully a big night. Minnesota United. Yep. See you there. See you there. Uh, we will talk to you later, Loons fans. We'll talk to you on Wednesday for that match. We'll talk to you on Saturday for the match against the Galaxy. And then right here, Monday night next week, as we will break down those two games and everything else that happens in the league. Thanks for listening, Loons fans. We will talk to you then. Your story. It lives in River City, where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small-town feel, where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives.